We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome to Blue Wire. After you finish listening to this awesome Blue Wire podcast, make sure you check out the other pods in our Blue Wire family. Okay, I know, you're probably wondering, how do I do that? Well, it's simple. Go to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and search Blue Wire. Ta-da! They will all be there, so have fun listening. Welcome to Cash Considerations, the Chicago Bulls podcast. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm with Jason Pat. Jason, how's it going, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm just kind of just kind of ready for this bowl season to be over. Like I said, I've, it's been tough to to stay stay interested, follow along with this team since literally like none of their good players outside of Robin Lopez are are uh, playing. But I guess we we should give a shout out to Chicago's own Walt Walter Lemon Jr. who. Uh, Almost now, nah, I, I don't want to say single handedly, but beat the Wizards uh, tonight. Bulls beat the Wizards one fifteen to one fourteen. Also, shout out to the Wizards for finally firing Ernie Grunfeld after sixteen mostly mediocre years. I I tweeted this the other day that or yesterday when they fired him that as much as we, we like to shit on Gar Pax whatever in the Bulls front office, Wizards in Grunfeld's sixteen years never won fifty games, never got past the second round. Like that's crazy and they've had some good players they had they had some fun teams but just it's absolutely wild they finally fired him which i think i'm pretty sure this means paxton's like the longest tenured or at least longest tenured like a guy who like hasn't really won anything obviously the bulls farthest they've gotten under paxton is 2011 uh when they went to the eastern conference finals but back tonight's game i really was did not watch that much of it i was watching the cubs suck it up was also watching some game of thrones coming back in a couple weeks but I was following along a bit as Walter Lemon Jr. 20, 24 points, eight assists, the new career high. The Bulls, they just picked him up uh, out of Julian High School in Chicago. He went to Brad, Bradley for college. He's had a couple really nice games out of three since the Bulls picked him up, and he had the game-winning free throws in the last couple seconds tonight. Uh, it was mostly just kind of a tank-off, if you will, in, in the fourth quarter. The Wizards, were, they didn't play Bradley Beal, but uh, I don't think at all in the fourth quarter. The Bulls are playing... They're, t- I mean, they're basically playing a Julie lineup. I know Shaq Harrison had some big baskets on the stretch, and Walter Lemon Jr., big basket down the stretch, and the game-winning free throws to beat the Wizards. The Bulls have won like three games. Since that Sixers game that Levine won, the Bulls have won like three games. Two are against the Wizards. It's just kind of funny how bad the Wizards are. I mentioned the Grunfeld stuff. So uh, shout-out to the – I mean, the, these guys are playing hard. They're run out, running out the string. But, I mean, it's just so it's just so hard to really just be invested in them, right, at this point. 
Yeah, absolutely. But uh, Walter Lemon Jr., that's second team all G League selection, Walter Lemon Jr. to you, Jason. He was named that today for the year for the Windy City Bulls. He averaged 20 points, 8.7 assists. Uh, Not much of a shooter. He only took two threes a game and only hit 26%. So uh, he... I guess it's it's a good story though. So 20, yeah. 26 years old, so it's not like he's uh, you know fresh out of school. But these are sort of some fun stories at the end of every NBA season when the dudes who have been grinding for you know five six years as a pro finally get their shot uh, to play in the NBA, and that's happened with Walt Lemon Jr. this year, and he's he's played pretty well. He played great tonight. I mean, finishing with twenty four points, eight assists, uh, making the clutch free throws at the end. Like Zach Levine tweeted, show us what you're about, Walt Levin Jr. <laughs> yeah, and, there, and he showed two out of – I know he didn't play well at the Bulls' l- l- last game before this when they lost at the Knicks, which is brutal. But, like, I mean, they were down by, like, 30 at one point in that game. They came back and made it a game. I know he didn't play well in that game, but he played well um, in his debut the other game against uh, the Raptors. They, they got blown out in that game, obviously, but he played pretty well in that game as well. He had uh, 19 points in his Bulls' debut on – uh, eight of fifteen shooting, and he had six assists, four steals. Like he's been in this stuff in the stat sheet. Like obviously, this stuff really doesn't mean much. Like yeah, we don't dude, expect Walt Levin Jr. Time we're ever talking about yeah. Walt Levin Jr. Yeah, like I'm like some people like uh, somebody tweeted at me some comment. I'm sure it was made in jest about like, oh man, if this Walter Levin Jr. guy keeps playing well, like may- maybe they have their point guard. Obviously, like it's a great, nice end of season story. We saw some of the like Andre Ingram with the Lakers last year. It's, it's, it's a cool thing, especially since he's a Chicago guy. I like this better than the Sean Kilpatrick nonsense when he was ruining the tank last year. Like, I'd much rather have a nice Walter Lemon Jr. Chicago story when the tank – we talk about the tank. The, the Bulls are basically locked into the number four spot. Like, people complaining about winning this game today. It, the Cavs have been uh, the Cavs have been losing a ton. Like, they were two games – I think they were two games ahead, and they've been two games ahead for a while because both teams are on long losing streaks. This win today basically locks them into the four spot. They were probably going to be there anyways, even if they continued losing and even if they lost out. I don't think the Cavs are going to win a couple games. Their schedule's tough. They've been sitting Kevin Love, I think, a few times. So, like, whatever, winning this game doesn't matter. Walt, go off, Walt, Walter Lemon Jr. Yeah, so what you need to know about the Bulls right now, they got three games left. They play Philly at home on Saturday. They play the Knicks at home on Tuesday. And they close the year at Philly on Wednesday, April 10th. Uh, and that's it for the Bulls. And like Jason said, they're locked into the fourth spot right now. The record is 22 and 57 overall. Cleveland has 19 wins. Phoenix is 18. The Knicks have 15. So that means the Bulls will have a 12.5% chance of winning the lottery. Uh, and that goes down, I think it's like May 13th. I don't have the exact date in front of me. I think it's 13th or 14th, something yeah. like that. So that's it for Chicago Bulls basketball. And in what a year it's been. I don't know if you saw the article that Stefan wrote at the athletic today. Putting I all did. Of Jim Boylan's <laughs> best quotes up into one page. It was absolutely remarkable. Uh, how Boylan, I mean, that's just the number one thing I want to remember about this whole year. I'll read off some of the best of them right now. So here's Boylan on Otto Porter Jr. His approach is already respected. His spirit is acknowledged. He's got a brightness about him and a care factor. Boylan on Chandler Hutchinson. Hutch has got such a good spirit. I think to be a good NBA player, you've got to have a good spirit. His spirit is so positive. Shaq Harrison, too, is the same way. His spirit is so good. More on Hutchinson. His heart's here. His soul is awesome. It's great. 
on Larry Markkinen. His soul and his spirit are big time. And Robin Lopez, <laughs> when your heart is pure and you care, I think points happen for you. The ball finds you. More on Robin Lopez. He's a giving, caring person who's a tough son of a bitch. Exactly. <laughs> well, he's, you know, he's got a great spirit. On Bobby Portis, got a great soul, a great spirit for the game. On Jack Harrison, his spirit is so good. More Harrison. I, <laughs> I always kind of said defensively, he's like a mad dog chasing a meat truck, but he's playing with a system now. It's great. So that's just a small sampling of a great piece on uh, the year in Jim Boylanisms from Stefan today at The Athletic. And that's what I'm going to know the most about this year. I mean, absolutely incredible. As you could hear us, just absolutely dying laughing. I mean, he says this. I, I would love to know who Jim Boylan thinks does not have a good spirit. Like, his, <laughs> I, I, he would never call. I, I guess he, he's not the guy who would ever really call us. I guess he was. He did kind of call them out early, earlier in the year when they were getting their ass beat all the time. But like, literally every guy on the team, he says, has great spirit. I, I want to know who doesn't have the great spirit. Who doesn't have a great soul. <laughs> Jim Boylan, I want to know who on the Bulls does not have a great soul because it seems like everybody no, I'm not does. Done doing Boylan quotes. Boylan on Wayne Selden Jr. Those plays that Wayne made, that made me want to play again. It does something to your nervous system. It makes you want to go out and dive on somebody. <laughs> Boylan oh, man. on the infamous on the aftermath of the infamous canceled practice. We're going to keep working and grinding and communicating and hugging and crying and laughing and moving forward. That is an all-time great quote. I, I don't remember the hugging and crying and laughing. God, that's so good. On the creation of a leadership council that everyone in the league would soon mock. We got a good group of guys and a good leadership group that has been sparking, sparkling the layers of our team. I'm juiced, man. I'm jacked up about it. Jacked and juiced, one of my favorites. Just oh my god! It's, I think Cody Westerland, the score Bulls beat writer, has said like, just like like we both really don't want Boylan back, but just like bringing him back in general, just for these gems of quotes, like would it would almost make it worth it, even if we think he's a complete boob. Like, I mean, this is absolutely it's absolutely hilarious. It's obviously great for the beat writers to get these quotes. They're to help them get their Twitter accounts up, write great stories out of them because I mean, shit is hilarious. Like I, I, it's it's so it's so ridiculous that it's that it's funny. Like I, I, I mean, it's I don't know like what these guys actually think of him. Like it seems like things have gotten better in terms of like the player relationships. I'm sure they appreciate him, like him saying all this great stuff about him. But just like it's just like so ridiculous and obnoxious that it's it's just hilarious to listen to and you reading, reading these Carl quotes Samson. He was in our hearts and in our minds all year, not just because he was with our G League team, but because of what he did in training camp. More on Samson. Things don't go unnoticed when you play good basketball with a pure heart, and he did that early. We're glad he's here. God, Jim Boylan, man. Too funny. That's on your heart, man. What, what, what a guy. In our hearts and in our minds all year. I guess just, that's a good transition now as well. Just talking about bringing Boylan back and the possibility of that is Fred Hoiberg has has a new job now, so that means the Bulls are off the hook for some money next season. Uh, Fred Hoiberg hired by Nebraska. Shout out to the Big Ten. 
taking over, I believe it's a seven year, like $25 million deal. Something like that. So it's, so it's basically three and a half million a year, which means the bulls who initially owed him 5 million next season will now only owe him about a million and a half. Boylan is under contract. He's got 1 million guaranteed of a $1.6 million contract next year. Uh, that's so that's what basically the bulls are paying two and they got like two and a half million guaranteed to coach next year. Casey Johnson wrote at, right after the, the Fred Hoiberg hiring that oh, there was speculation now that, oh, well, now the Bulls, they got some of this money off the books now. They won't have to pay. Does that mean that they'll be more interested in doing a full coaching shirts search? He says uh, the front office, I mean, we, and we've seen it publicly, the way Michael Ryan's have talked, the way Paxton talked, they apparently just love Jim Boylan. They're, they're just, they love the way he teaches. They love the way he holds people accountable, all, the, all that, all that jazz, like, <laughs> So it certainly does not seem like Jim Boylan's going. It seems like we're going to get another year, or at least at least another start of a year with Jim Boylanisms next season. I know we've obviously talked about Boylan a lot. You thought a long time ago he shouldn't have coached another game on the game on this team. I mean, what what do you think about the Jim Boylan now that Fred's got a new job? If you have any thoughts about Fred getting a new job, go ahead as well on that. But just do you, do you do you see them at all going away from Boylan and even doing a full coaching search? You think they're just gonna they're just gonna ride with and with Mister Jackton? I can't believe Hoiberg took that Nebraska job. First of all, he was getting paid a guaranteed five million dollars next year to not work. This is correct, right? Yep, yeah. Bulls own full five million dollars next year. That's really crazy because Nebraska is a trash program. Nebraska made the NCAA tournament <laughs> since nineteen ninety nine. Hoiberg's grandpa actually used to be the coach there, which I didn't know until I was reading up on it. Uh, so I guess maybe that lineage kind of played a role in it. But, man, I don't know why Hoiberg's taking over Nebraska. I know he's got the personal connections there. But, dude, why not do what, what Thibodeau did for his year off, which is just get paid, travel, go network with everyone you can around the NBA, maybe around college hoops too. I'm just surprised that – Fred must have been really itching to get out of Hinsdale into like stop going to yoga with his wife. I feel like he's been going around and doing a lot of stuff. And we saw him Jack's NCAA tournament game. Jack's a Washington. Right. Yeah. I know he he went and talked at uh, York High School, my old my old high school. He, obviously, that's close to Hinsdale. Uh, and I feel like I've seen him. I, was he? Did he go to the war? Did he talk with like the Warriors? I feel like I saw at one point. Like I feel like he's yeah. been kind of going around. He's looking a bit jacked recently. Like, why didn't what, like you said? Why not just do that? Like, maybe you. I know. Was it seemed like the reporting afterwards was that he wanted, he preferred the NBA. Like, why not wait it out a bit? And like Nebraska's. I mean, it is Big Ten is the Big Ten, I guess. And maybe Nebraska's. I don't. I don't even. I don't know much about Nebraska basketball. If if they're on the rise, like at all, I feel like they're disappointed this year a bit. It is kind of strange, I guess. But I guess, like I said, it helps the Bulls. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You know who loved that, and it's Jerry Reinsdorf, because being able to yeah. offset that salary is, is pretty big for them. I don't think it's going to play a factor in the Bulls' decision of whether or not they want to keep Jim Boylan next year. I think we're stuck with Jim Boylan for best-case scenario, like you said, half the season, and then it's like it's another wasted year. So on that note, like, do you think if they do go with Boylan next year, do you think they're going to give him like a year extension, like like a or like a more full deal? Because like if they don't, he's just kind of a lame duck, and like I'd, it, it's like it's just like weird either way. I feel like they almost like have to commit to him longer, or just actually do a coaching search and probably possibly hire somebody else. Like I'm not, I'm, it'll be curious to see what what way they go. Like obviously, I feel like 
I think they need to do a coaching. I mean, they didn't really do a coaching search for Hoiberg. Uh, I know they're just going to roll with Boylan here as well after really not. I mean, he's been around for a while. He was been he was on Hoiberg's staff, and they're just and they've been kind of a dumpster fire for most of the season outside of like one month. Like they're just they're just cool with that. They're just not going to do another search and just going to roll with Boylan. And I don't know. It's would you give him like if they. I guess you probably would not, but if they do stick with them, like, do you think now, they should give him like an extension of at I least mean, like a year so he's not totally thing, lame like, duck? Standard practice for actual <laughs> head coaches who people take seriously. Like, I don't anticipate the Bulls are going to sign any big free agents, so I don't think even a lame duck coach is going to like right. factor into someone's free agent decision. Though, like, they are going to have nineteen million to play with. Uh, maybe they try to bring back Robin Lopez. Maybe they try to go after a point guard like. Patrick Beverly or someone of that ilk. But I think the level of free agent that they're going to try to recruit is going to be below the tier where they would factor in head coach stability. Uh, that That's just my immediate take on it. So I do anticipate Boylan to be a lame duck coach going into next year if they struggle because... And they have to fire him. I really think this year Paxson and Foreman thought that the Bulls like could potentially compete for a playoffs. But I really believe that based on their... I agree. Yeah. Press conference quotes uh, and all that. Meanwhile, Vegas had the Bulls. I think it was the third worst team coming into the season. They, they opened at 27 and a half. They went up to 30 by the time the season opened. Yeah. And they're going to finish as the fourth. And they're going to go under. <laughs> and they're going to go under. Yeah. They got 22 wins right now. So uh, obviously they did have a ton of injuries to a lot of key pieces. So that factors in too, but I think that next year the Bulls are going to expect to make a major move up the standings. That's just my yeah, no, not, absolutely. You know, maybe that maybe that means they throw ten million a year at Patrick Beverly, which is way more than he makes right now. I don't have that number in front of me, but I remember that uh, his last contract was pretty reasonable for the team. So uh, I expect them to make one pretty big ish free agent move, hope for growth from Lowry and Zach and durability from those guys, and then they're going to have a draft pick. Uh, if it's not Zion, maybe it's John Morant. And uh, I think that they're going to expect to jump up the standings next year. And so if Boylan isn't winning, similar to how Hoiberg wasn't winning this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets canned. But my uh, inclination is that Boylan will not get an extension to you know over the summer. I totally agree with the expectation level. I also agree that they thought they were going to be good this year. I mean, Paxson said that last time or last season that he didn't want another tanking year they ended up basically tanking anyways between just them not being as good as they thought between the injuries it just kind of naturally happened uh yeah I think they're I, I mean I think it's reasonable to expect them to be better next year I mean because I feel like there is some some talent there's but you do have to worry about the durability of these guys like Levine's gotten hurt a lot Lowry's been hurt a lot like Porter's had some nagging stuff going on lately like it's like you can't really at this point fully expect that these guys are going to be healthy all season. So like that is a reason to have some concerns. Uh, I mean, I feel like if the, I feel like if they don't take a next step forward, I mean, we've been saying this forever. If they don't take a next uh, step forward next year, I mean, they need to clean house. That probably won't happen. But like, I mean, you, you get three years in rebuild. If you're not going anywhere, if you're in year three and you're still winning like 30 games only, like I feel like it's good. They, they, the front office has to go, but we've, Hammered on that point, I guess, enough at this point. So, yeah. Not going to happen. It would have to affect the money. But uh, I heard from a guy who was a longtime season ticket holder who told me that Michael Reinsdorf personally called him uh, when he tried to cancel his season tickets and Reinsdorf tried to convince him to renew his tickets and he still declined. 
so that's something I heard from someone who uh, has been a ticket holder, I, I think, since the 90s. Maybe not quite that long, but basically this dude's a longtime season ticket holder. And I, I was told that uh, last week. So I don't know. Like, if it affects the money is when I think changes could be made. And, you know, after Ernie Grunfeld gets fired, I guess everything's on the table. But that's what happens when you lose a trade to Gar Foreman, I guess. Yeah, that was like the, the final straw. The I guess, I mean, Jabari had has played ball this year. But, I mean, who knows what his future is there. He got hurt tonight. I think another knee injury. Hopefully it's not bad. I think I saw that it's not serious. But, yeah, I mean, Otto Porter for Bobby Porter's Jabari Parker. If both those guys go somewhere else, I think that's a pretty bad trade. Sorry, Ernie getting fleeced by the bulls your your final straw in a terrible season yeah i don't i don't know like, i mean we've been like i said we've been calling for the front office accountability for a while i feel like it next year if it if they don't get better it would be ridiculous not to have accountability it's just, for somebody like one of the packs and or foreman or both like something's got to happen if you're in year three of the rebuild not going anywhere but that's 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 down 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 the road i guess uh before we take a quick break do you have any other uh, any leftover takes from what's been going on in uh, the NCAA tournament? Now we took Hoiberg. Yeah, going I mean, I could talk about that for an hour. Right. You know I mean, dude, I've been doing yeah. so much radio lately. Uh, all my- <laughs> I guess anything just bulls, you think like that just pertains to the bulls? Obviously, Duke lost a stunner. I guess I guess you you wrote a column. We'll talk, we'll talk a bit about more about Duke losing. You wrote a column about, about the end of that, uh, the Duke losing to Michigan State by one point about Coach, Coach K not using Zion properly. We saw... R.J. Barrett floundered down the stretch, and Barrett's been kind of a polarizing player. I saw – I can't remember where – it might have been The Athletic where there was like a poll among college basketball players. R.J. Barrett was the most overrated one. I think he won most overrated in that, in that poll. So I guess just talk about your column a bit about Zion not getting used properly, how you think he should be using the NBA. Maybe talk about Barrett as well and what you think about him because I feel like the Barrett stock has dropped a bit for, for people lately. Yeah, I still feel like Barrett has like – uh, I mean, he's definitely going in the top five. Still contender yeah, to go number sure. two. I feel like he's likely to go number three. Uh, but it's something that has been happening to Duke all season. Uh, like you know, when Duke has had the game on the line, they've typically treated Barrett and Williamson like equals, and they got burned for it. Uh, like you look at what happened on the on the last play of the game. I don't know if Coach K drew this up or what, but I mean, it was clearly Barrett isolated on the wing and, you know, he drew a foul. He ended up missing one or two free throws, but Barrett also took and missed two shots at the end of that game. At the end of the Gonzaga game, which was in the title game in the Maui Invitational back in November, Zion tied the game or put him ahead two, I think, with a minute 45 left. Zion didn't take another shot in that game. Barrett took five shots and went over five. Gonzaga won. So I think that that was one of the main problems with Duke all year. And you mentioned the column that I wrote. Well, I needed to write some sort of reaction to the to the Duke loss. I like that I've kind of positioned myself as the hot take guy on some of this stuff because it's sort of fun. <laughs> so that's what I had previously. The year they lost with Jason Tatum and Kennard and Harry Giles, uh, I wrote that that was Coach K's biggest disappointment ever. That was my post-game column on SB Nation. Afterwards, just because of the hype for that team was so out of control, obviously Giles was hurt for most of the season. Uh, Tatum was hurt for the beginning of the season. Frank Jackson never really totally came through, but Kennard broke out on that year. Anyway, so I was trying to think of a new take for this year. And, you know, you go one of two ways on it. It's like, are you going to blame Barrett? 
for kind of commandeering the offense in crunch time. But really, it's Coach K's fault. Like, only one of these – you blame the employee, not the volunteer. You know what I mean? Like, one of these people is making $8 million. The other guy is making nothing and is 18 years old. So I think at the end of the day, to me, this is a huge disappointment for Duke. Like, they set the bar for themselves that first game of the season. I was there against Kentucky in the Classic. Oh yeah, just they were a one point underdog heading into that game. They come out and beat Kentucky's ass by thirty four points, which was the biggest loss of John Calipari's coaching career at any level. So right after that game happened, immediately the talk was like, "Can Duke go undefeated? Can they beat the Cavs?" They basically peaked they in peaked game one. Game one, and it was because if you go back and look at that game, I mean, all three freshmen were great that game. That was Bartish's best game of the year. Yeah. He had 23 that game or something like that. He looked really smooth. Barrett had over 30. Zion obviously was a monster and set the tone for a ridiculous season. Uh, So they had a few problems to me. First of all, they didn't have enough shooters. Now, you can make the easy argument that, you know, Coach K thought he was recruiting shooters, but these guys just couldn't shoot. I still don't really know if that's the case. Uh, Just because there weren't, like, Barrett didn't have a reputation as a good shooter, and neither did Jones. And when you were going to play a true center and Marquise Bolden in the middle, then like really Reddish was going to be your one shooter. And yeah, he did underperform. Uh, and they had Alex O'Connell, who was a, you know, a veteran guy off the bench. He was okay at times. And then they had Jack White, uh, who was like a stretch four for them, who was hot at the beginning of the year and then was like awful. And then he missed like 30 straight yeah, at one point. So they didn't have enough shooting. Uh, he didn't use Zion in ball screens enough. Like to me, you either had to play Zion at point guard or center. The scout man, he was subtweeting me about this because I called Zion the best point guard and the best center in college basketball. And uh, he took exception to it. Well, no, I'm right on that. Like Zion's the best player by such a significant margin that he's the best player at every position. He's to me, it's not even a question. He's the best point guard and the best center. Like the scout man took crazy exception with that, but fuck that guy. No one respects him. Uh, I got a ton of hate mail for this piece, and it was mostly from. Yeah, I mean, it was the most hate mail I've ever gotten in my life. Well, Coach Gay is like a god at Duke, obviously, and people. There's a cult of personality around coaches in college, and Duke obviously will have has rabid fans. Like, and that's no surprise. You come at the king, Coach K, like people are going to come back. It's just like everything becomes a proxy for the culture war. You know what I mean? Like all I could think about when I was reading all these crazy emails that I was sent is like, what percentage of these people voted for Trump? (laughs) That's all I could think about. And I said, I was going to read off some hate mail. So uh, I'll I'll read off some quick hate mail. Some of it uh, was funny. Some of it was kind of crazy. And normally I don't take hate mail personally because I've gotten a lot of it throughout my career. It kind of comes with the territory. Yeah. This, it was starting to bother me a little bit uh, on Monday. Because it's just so like, weird what? to me. It's like, I mean, obviously it's just crazy to me. It's just like people like email, like take the time, like email you. Like I, like you're the fucking worst. Like you need to die. It's like, you really spent like a minute out of your day to email somebody because you're like super yeah. mad about Coach K, like that, that shit's yeah, wild. Yeah, some guy <laughs> was, tweeted at me and he's like, has anyone punched this writer in the face yet? Then another guy said, there should be consequence for writers like you who run their mouth with such disrespect. Karma will get you, or better yet, hopefully a speeding truck runs you over so there's a little bit less negativity in the world. Yeah, the, the irony of that statement, it's like, 
a little less negativity while you're tweeting at somebody that they need to like die. Yeah, that's that, that makes perfect uh, subject sense. Subject line: <laughs> Your article. I just want to say that for my entire career, which has been over a decade of me writing my bullshit about sports at this point. The subject line, your article, has been constantly delivering the goods. Whenever you get an email with that subject line, you know it's going to be good. And this is from my boy, Bill Judy. Bill Judy, subject line, your article. You are a joke. Ellipses. Cheers. Sent from Bill's iPhone. And then Bill gives me his number. So I kind of want to call Bill back. For my boy, Melliot, 1967, M. Elliot, he said, subject line, Coach K., then you just you, sir, are a dumbass. So that was good. My favorite one, though, came from Thomas Wells. Subject line K. I thought this was really good. When Coach K retires, I expect that you will be the first in line to replace him, as you seem to know what's best for the team. Remarkable when one considers how little exposure you have had to their practices, and yet you know so much. Duke played and beat all of the final four teams except Michigan State beat UVA twice. A great season, ACC champs, one shot short of the final four. You are mistaken, says Thomas Wells. Now, that's a totally fair take, and that guy kind of cracked me up saying that I think I'm smarter than the team. Scoutman was saying that, too. I don't think I'm smarter than Coach It's like these guys, are, these guys can be criticized for moving. These guys aren't perfect. They make mistakes. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of what, criticism and the function of criticism is if you are freelance writing jason and you're reviewing a restaurant and you write uh you know a negative review of the restaurant that doesn't mean that you think you're a better cook than the cook at the restaurant if you're writing a play review and you don't like the play it doesn't mean that you think you could act better or you think you could write a better play it's like that's not the point of criticism so I do think that Coach K totally left open the door for him to be criticized because this was one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the entire country when he can recruit anyone he wants, that he didn't put the ball in Zion's hands enough, especially in crunch time, when the only two people in the world who thought R.J. Barrett was as good as Zion were Coach K and R.J. Barrett. So I think that there's a ton of room open for Coach K to be criticized. And at the end of the day, if you can either blame Barrett or Coach K, I'm not going to blame the volunteer. I'm going to blame the employee. So there you go, Coach K. You make $8 million. You can have some idiot blogger criticism. Yeah, Coach K will be fine. Like I said, he's a Hall, Hall of Famer. He's been great, but like, he, I mean, I feel like he's just, I feel like just lately, I mean, he's obviously getting to the end of his career. I feel like he's just been kind of coasting on talent lately. Like I, I said, we don't know what he's I didn't write this one yet. I, I was going to make it a separate article. I haven't done it yet. Maybe I will in the future. This was the last chance Coach K will ever have to win a national title. How about that for a take? Oh, that that'll that the recruiting class take. next year is not good. They got the number one player in the country, Vernon Carey, who's like a worse Jaleel Okafor. He is if if he is actually the number one player in the country, which he is on at least one side. I think he is on rivals. I've seen him play. He'll be a good college player, but. I mean, he's not like a stud by any means. And then they only have one other five-star guy who's like a guard ranked number 25. And then if you want to, there are a bunch of unsigned guys. So maybe they'll land a couple of them or something. But this next recruiting class is not going to be nearly as good as this one. And even if Trey Jones comes back, they're still, I mean, they're not even going to be close to as talented as this team next year. And then you also have the rise of Penny Hardaway is a monster recruiter at Memphis all these five-star guys who used to be ticketed for Duke and Kentucky, now they're all rumored to be preferring Memphis as their number one school, all the top recruits in the junior class. 
So Coach K blew his last chance to win a national championship with the best player I'll ever coach, Zion Williamson. That's my take. And you can find my email if you wow. want to tell me to go kill myself like people did. <laughs> I think that's a perfect uh, way to segue here. Uh, we're going to take a, f- take a few uh, fan questions in a bit, but first, a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire's teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Always love a good shave. Go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and over-designed. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. So join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com backslash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. And if you don't love your shave, please let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com backslash bluewire to redeem your race for only three bucks. Great deal. Go do it right now. All right, so next finish up here we'll take we'll take some uh some fan questions here we asked some people on twitter to send us in some questions uh about the bulls since like the, the current team's not that exciting so we figured we'd maybe look to the future a little bit here so let me go find some of the questions that we had here we've kind of talked about this one before uh this comes from i think it's daniel habib i think at dano h2345 uh if the bulls do get zion what do you do with the log, the front court log jam? I believe we've talked about this a little before. Like I said, we've kind of said just kind of put Zion out there, maybe go with like a big lineup and let him be like a point forward and let Zach kind of be a point guard as well. Do you still agree with that out to, outlook? Just kind of play all those main guys together. Don't worry about a natural point guard yeah, and just kind of see totally. how it plays out. That's what I would do. I mean, Zion can initiate the offense. I think that that is what would really unlock his value to be a great, great player in the NBA and – uh you know, Levine can initiate it too a little bit. And you can get some cool Wendell Carter initiating out of the high post action like Noah used to do back in the day. So, you know, I just think that, like, what you want around Zion, just hypothetically, is, like, another center who can protect the rim. And then you want elite shooters around him. So having Lowry Markinen and Wendell Carter, uh, that seems like it kind of works out. And plus, I think Zion's going to be able to defend pretty much all five positions, just given his combination of strength yeah. and quickness. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's best played on the ball because that'll mitigate his shooting weakness. Or you can, you know, throw him at center and, and do it that way. Just run teams off the floor with the super small ball 6-6 six, six center lineup. So I'm, I'm all, all in on, you know, keeping everyone. And then, you know what, give it a year, give it two years. And at that point, if you need to trade Mark and Inter Carter, uh, maybe you can do it. So on that note then... This was from uh, K-Bar at K-Bar 17. If the Bulls did get Zion, would you trade Lowry if the Hawks offered picks two and six? I mean, yeah, I would, even though I don't like this draft that much. Yeah. Like, I guess like if that happened, then Bulls get Zion at number one. So then they have two and six. Who would would you think they would take? Ja, would they, would you, well, I mean, you said Culver at two. I know. That would never happen. Because the right. Hawks would never trade two and six for Martin. Yeah. 
Maybe the Hawks would trade six for Markinen, which I wouldn't do if I was the Bulls. So I think that trade scenario is totally unrealistic because the Hawks would not trade two and six for Markinen. That's probably fair. Was that would they have like John Collins? Like I don't. Would they go with the Collins Markinen front court? I guess I don't know. Trey Young. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. But I like where his head's at. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, I feel like if. I can't remember if we've said this before. Like, I guess if you had to trade one, if they took Zion and I guess it just wasn't working with like a super big lineup, would you rather trade Wendell or would you rather trade Lowry? Yeah, I mean, you need to see. Like, I don't know. I agree. I would, I would test it out first for sure before doing anything super drastic. Yeah. Unless you got like a crazy offer. Like, if you get a crazy offer for one of those guys, one of those big guys, like, sure. If it, I guess, balances out your lineup more, I guess maybe. But like, I would like to see like, Lowry get another chance to take another step and hopefully be healthy. And then with Zion, like that's, that's a lot of talent, theoretical talent there. Like it would be fun to fun to watch. Like Zion would obviously just make this thing so much more exciting. Uh, let's go next here. This is from Kevin Shannon at Lucian charms. I believe you say that. Uh, what is the next team to tear it down and trade quality starters? Or I guess, are there any trade targets you would like for the bulls? I feel like, I mean, the Pelicans are the obvious choice here. Yeah, uh, They're obviously trading Anthony Davis. So the question is, are they going to trade Drew Holiday? We've talked a bit about Drew Holiday. I would consider that depending – like if – I'm not sure what it would take to get Drew Holiday at this point. Like if the Bulls, their pick stays at four, like, or if they fall back to like five or six somehow. Like, like do you think it would take that high of a pick to get Holiday? Or do you think they could trade like a future pick and salary filler? I'm not – like Drew Holiday is a really good player. Basically in the middle of his prime, two-way player, I feel like it would be – a if the Bulls want to take a step forward next year, like that'd be a, a great fit. Like I don't know if you would re- if you if it required like the first round pick this year, and it not protected or something, or if it if it was worse than if it was like four or worse, like would you would you include that in a trade for Holiday, or would you rather just take a chance on somebody one of the lesser guys and and roll with that? I feel like if you sign Drew Holiday though, what's your ceiling? Right, I guess just in this point, I, I've had this argument as well. Like, like, do you take the chance on the potential, just no matter what, or do you get Holiday, maybe become a playoff team next year? But then what happens from there? I guess I've always thought, well, if you take the next step, maybe next season, even even if maybe your ceilings drop drops a little bit, Holiday ceilings cap, like maybe that leads to further moves, and you make a big move in like twenty twenty. And I feel like I would consider it, depending on where they end up in the draft. I would obviously try to not use that pick, maybe use future picks to send there and maybe add, I'm not sure what kind of salary, what other salary you'd trade to the Pelicans or what kind of market that would be for. I'm not even, I, I, do you think they'll trade holiday this summer after they trade Davis? Do you think they go like full blow it up? They should. What would be the point of keeping Drew Holiday there? I, yeah, I have no idea. I no reason. A lot no of reason teams could it. offer a better package for him than the Bulls though. Most likely. Because, like, people aren't going to want to trade Carter or Markinen, which they're going to no. do. Uh, and they're not going to trade the pick. So, I don't know. I mean, a lot of teams could offer something better than what the Bulls could offer. Yeah. And then I guess, like, another team, I feel like we've talked about Conley as well. I feel like Conley will take less. He's a bit older. I would. I don't think I would trade that much for Conley. The Grizzlies, I feel like, are probably going to trade Conley this summer. I mean, what would you trade? He would, co- like I said, he would cost less than Holiday. He's older. He's been bro- yeah. a bit broken down. He's still I'm a really good player. I'd love that, but it's like they don't really have many assets to trade. Do they have? They have all their first, right? Yeah. Moving forward, yeah. I mean, I guess, like you said, you maybe like a protected 
2020 first? I'm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you got to keep your draft ammunition. Like, I don't know. I would, agree. I would agree because if things do go south, like next season again, you like, you obviously want, like, do you go go all in on Mike Conley? Like, I don't know. I don't want to say all in, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess in a similar vein, we have another question about Anthony. Like, we talk about the Pelicans and Juhade. Anthony Davis, this is from William Martin at W underscore M W Martin. Say Jim Boylan gets fired and Anthony Davis changes his mind and is open to getting traded to the Bulls. What deal would you offer New Orleans that doesn't ransack their assets slash youth? I mean, I feel like they would have to ransack their assets slash youth if they would get Davis. I mean, we saw what the Lakers offered the, for, for Davis, and I feel like the Lakers are going to come hard after him again. Like, I, I, What do you think an Anthony Davis deal would need to would need to have in it to get done? Either Carter or Mark and him, probably both of them. I, I would say I'd probably both. Yeah, and I, I guess the they probably want the draft pick. Like, there's no way. Like, if the, I mean, if the Bulls got the number one pick, like, I mean, would you take Zion if, if Davis? If, if, yeah, if Davis like said he would come to the Bulls four pick, and they wanted Markman in the fourth pick for Davis. I mean, I, I mean, yes, probably. Oh no, I guess four. Uh, I, I probably. Yeah, I mean, you kind of be stupid not to do it. Yeah, I mean, you have because then you have Davis. You Wait, have. Is, is, I mean, if you have, I guess in that case, you have Davis, you have Carter, you have Levine, and then if you have, I guess, I guess the three on the cast. Right? baby. Yeah, I feel like in that case, like Porter, I, it would be nice to get like a really good point guard somehow, like a legit, real star point guard. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it would definitely take. I feel like at least. I mean, you still have to match the salary there. I'm pretty sure there too. Like, I don't know if they would want Levine at all. Like, it's not realistic. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's really not. Like, I, I mean, I, I feel like the Bulls could, if they really wanted to, they probably could offer a pretty nice package. I mean, Levine, Levine Carter, and Mark and I feel like are all pretty nice assets, and they're going to have a nice draft pick. But, like, like I said, the Lakers are going to come hard for it as well, for them as well. I mean, the Knicks might go, like, if the Knicks are getting Kate, Katie and Kyrie, like, I feel like that draft pick will be on the table for them if they get the number one pick. And, I mean, I don't know about their other parts, like Kevin Knox is, I don't know if he's any good or any of their other guys, but. I, the Bulls probably could put put together a decent offer, but I, I think it probably would ransack their assets, as he said here. Agreed. Yeah, let's move on to the next one from Mike Blight at Michael Blight. Building through the draft is great, but what is the pitch for the 2020 offseason? So looking again to get a, an actual to get a star player in Chicago. It says, "Quote: Come play with Ja, Lowry, Wendell, and Levine, Otto Porter. Does that really get you anywhere? Do you think we're a team with?" high potential talent and little intrigue for free agency. And this kind of goes into like other questions. Some other people have asked us, like uh, we got questions about just like, what do the bulls have to basically do to become like an actual title contender? Like what needs to happen? How do they get a legit star like that? Like, like what, like what is their free agent or I guess just start superstar pitch in the next few years. Yeah. Well, the first thing we need to do is find a list of 2020 free agents because my uh, initial read is that it's not a good class. It's like, I mean, I think Davis will be in it. And then, but like after, like, this is the big year. And then I think it's like guys like, like Lowry's going to be old. Like I would, I have to look up that class again, but I'm pretty sure when I've looked before, it is not a strong class. Like you'll have Davis, but then like after that, it's just like nothing that exciting. We're looking at Kyle Lowry, Reggie Jackson, Fred Van Vliet, shooting guards, Eric Gordon, uh, like, 
I mean, this is not good. Small forwards. We got no like Gallinari, who's going to be old. Draymond's going to like going to be a free agent that year. DeRozan. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really not anything that special. Like I said, it's Low- Lowry is going to be one of the best guys. It'll just be that draft class, but those are guys are all going to be uh, you know restricted, so they're most likely not. I guess Conley could will be on the, but that that seemed like a 32, 33 year old Conley, Mike Conley, Williams, Gordon Hayward, Levert. That could be nice. I guess he'll be restricted too. Yeah. Uh, Gallinari, Mo Harkless. Yeah, he's anyone who followed me on Twitter long enough knows that I really wanted the Bulls to send Mo. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, oh, Tony Snell. You could bring Tony Snell back. Obviously, Porter is going to be a free agent that year. Siakam. Who? Oh, I feel like the Raptors. I feel like the Raptors going to make yeah. sure they pay him. They got to keep him around. He's really good. Uh, yeah, I mean Davis. All, I mean Aldridge is going to be like 34, 35 and then so yeah, it's it is not a great class. I mean Andre Drummond. It's really not a great class. I feel like if anything, if they're going to have to, if they're going to get a like an actual superstar, I feel like it's going to have to be through a trade. I don't see free agency. This is the free agent year. If they're not going to be signing a big free agent this year, I don't see how 2020 is really going to be. They're really going to be players. Like, I mean, maybe they could steal a young guy if he's like a restricted free agent, but, and a team want, doesn't want to sign him. But that guy's probably not going to be that good. So, like, in terms of like bona fide stars, like, I don't see how the Bulls are signing one in the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, it's going to have to be through a trade or through their own development, which, I mean, maybe they do it all through the draft or if they develop some of these guys and they turn that into a superstar through a trade. I mean, we've seen a lot of, we've seen a lot of stars get traded in the last few years. So it's, I'm not going to say it's not possible, but it's going to be, have to, they're going to have to, they might have to take a big swing and it's something we really haven't seen him. The auto Porter trade was good, but that's, he's obviously not like a superstar caliber player. So it'll be interesting to see if they, how, they, how they get that star player, whether it's one of their own guys right now, or they draft another guy or if they trade for somebody. Um, let's see what else we got here. I think we got a few questions left before we wrap up. Here's one. Here's a funny one from Don. What's the best argument for not firing gar packs? Well, I, I can actually give that one. I've been thinking about this a little bit. Like a lot of moves in professional sports are made because the GM is trying to save his ass and win now. So the one upside to having eternal job security is that you never really need to make a move only in the short-term interest of the team. You can always be thinking about the long-term interest of the team because even if you suck ass for 15 years, you're not going to lose your job. So I think that that's sort of the upside of it. Like if the Bulls do pull off this rebuild – Let's say they draft John Morant and he turns into a hybrid of De'Aaron Fox and Trey Young. Uh, let's say that Markinen, you know, evolves into a top 30 player in the league and Carter evolves into a top 30 player in the league and Morant's really good and Levine is Levine. And it works out. Like the just the best case scenario in in every regard. And they hire a good coach too. Then, I mean, we would totally credit Paxson and Foreman for pulling off a great rebuild because they would have earned it. And then you would probably look back on it and be like, well, these idiots, Ricky and Jason and a ton more people wanted them to get fired. All the fans wanted us to get fired, but we knew what we were doing. 
And the reason we got the opportunity to do it was because we had great job security from our super loyal boss, who's the owner. So I guess that is the, that, that's it right there. It's like, how, how do they deserve to keep their jobs? Well, I mean, if they pull it off, they're going to deserve to keep their jobs. Like you guys think marketing's good, right? You guys think Carter's good, right? Like if they just keep drafting good players and if they make one smart coaching hire, if they get a little lucky in the lottery, I think that there's a chance it could work out. Yeah, I they do have a I guess yeah, I guess that like they're basically their job job security right now, I mean I guess just besides being just the the loyal owner and all that, is they can sell that we hey, we have these really nice pieces here. Let us play. Let us play it out and see how it goes. But that's why I also think like if they don't actually take a next step forward next year, like then they should be fired, or at least somebody should be fired because whatever. But yeah, I, that is, I think that's 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 a decent way to put it. Like it's like I mean we I mean I don't want to like it's hard, tough to like say like trust the process like how the Sixers like a long rebuild four or five years, but then also say like well these guys need to be fired when they've been here because they've been here for so long, like Hinky came in and they, he set out this plan. Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to suck for this time. And we're going to try to build these superstars. And they needed the time. Like obviously we're, these guys have been around for so long where it's like ridiculous for them to, to, for them to like preach patience. But like that, that is at least a decent point. It's like, if they're going to do a rebuild, right. They need to at least get the time to do it, I guess. But like, that's why, but that's why I think next year is so huge. Like if they're not showing any progress after year three, then I feel like it's, something's got to happen. And maybe these guys, this, these, the corner so-called cornerstone just aren't it, but that's, I think that's a decent way to put it. Uh, let's do like one or more two last ones here. I saw a couple of things. I had a couple about Chris Dunn. Just, Chris Dunn hasn't played in a while. I feel like I he might have played his last game in a Bulls uniform, perhaps. I know somebody asked about what a package of like Chris Dunn and Felicio could get you. I would guess absolutely nothing. Uh, probably like a, maybe a second round pick or two. If that, the Bulls might have to get a. Give give a second round pick at this point. This is from Stucky. This will be our last question. Stucky at Captain Stucky. Is there really that big of a gap in talent between Shaq Harrison and Chris Dunn? Harrison would be cheaper, and I like his defense more. They obviously both are flawed offensive players. They need to improve their shooting. Shaq Harrison has like busted his ass all year and has been like really impressive defensively with his steals and uh, deflections. Like, I mean, I guess like, is there like a huge difference? Like, Dunn obviously has his moments offensively and. But I mean, Shaq's been doing all. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how much I want to say about Shaq Harrison like scoring a lot of points lately. Like someone's got to score. He obviously still can't shoot. He did play really well down the stretch tonight. He had some big baskets. Uh, I guess if you had to choose between Shaq Harrison and Chris Dunn as a backup point guard on the team next year, who would you pick? There you go. Situation. What? Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. I read some stuff on Twitter about that. I meant to look into that more. Apparently, they're. It seems like they're holding his minutes down so he doesn't get to the like starter status. So then his qualifying offer is doesn't get to a certain. I don't have the yeah, exact I'm numbers in front of me. Thread but. from our boy Ron. Love Ron. Uh, Ron was at Wilt Chamberlain's 100 point game as a fan. We got to get this guy on the podcast. This dude sounds awesome, and I love most of his takes. He he was a hardcore anti Jimmy guy, which I think that's why we weren't initially jiving, but. I've been following Sam. That is Sam. A W S U M B Bulls NBA buckets. 
uh, Ron rules. I agree with a lot of his takes. He's awesome. And he had this thread on Archie Diakno today. He said, so the Bulls and Boylan talk a big game about name across the chest and honoring the game, playing to win. But in reality, Boylan has spent the last month carefully monitoring the minutes of Ryan Archie Diakno in games, who has been one of their best players this season. Why? Money. You see, Archie is scheduled to be a restricted free agent with a qualifying offer of $1.8 million. But here's the catch. A player can reach what is called starter criteria if he starts 41 games or plays 2,000 minutes. And then his qualifying offer goes up to $5.7 million instead. So it's jumped from $1.8 to $5.7. Note on that, though. Our, our good friend Matt, friendly Bulls blogger, uh, responded to him. I don't know if you saw that. The qualifying offer would actually be... Three point six, not five point seven, and and Ron and Ron said that that was correct. He's saying correct, but still, that's like a du- double. The calling offer would basically double from where it is right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Still though, like that. I mean, that's still. I mean, one point eight million. I mean, that could have an impact somewhere. I mean, like I don't know. Maybe does that. Can play today. Uh, let me go. He definitely was like. It's been surprising that he hasn't been starting. Like they've been starting Shaq Harrison. Uh, they obviously they started Walter Lemon. Like Archie Agno played 19 minutes yeah. today, and he had 11 points in 19 minutes. I don't think he got. I'm pretty sure he didn't get hurt. Let me still look at some recent minutes box or 17 there. minutes every game, pretty much. He played against. Yeah, and yeah, 19, 19. He had 30 in the Raptors game. 19, like yeah, three of the last four he's played 19. Or no, that's the end of March. 19, 17, 19, 19, 30, 19. He's only played 30 minutes twice since the four OT game. It looks like. Uh, I know he got hurt. I think in that Clippers game, he only played eight minutes, but yeah, I mean, clearly like, and this is a guy who probably deserves to play more minutes. Like he's, he's had a pretty st- steady role all season. He played 27 minutes a game in December, played 30 minutes a game to start the year. So 30, 27, 18 minutes. And well, that's when like Dunn came back in like January, 21 minutes a game in February. And I mean, and, and he's played 23 minutes a game in, in March, but that was with the 38, in Atlanta and like lately they've his minutes have been going down for like and he's been playing really well in general so it is it does seem like they are probably trying to keep those minutes down like I don't want to go all Tim Foyle head on here but like it certainly does seem that yeah, way right I'm into it <laughs> I guess I will I will go out go bulls bulls like info wars here and say that they're definitely keeping his qualifying offer down it's kind of Oh, this is all man. we got, man. We, we all we got is these tinfoil okay. hats right now. I want to go through a couple more because your boy uh, Lowry Marketing's burner. He sent like five questions in, so he did. Let's find the one that he wanted to answer the most. Okay, that was the one about the title. That was that's why I kind of mixed those two questions together. Is the one about title contender? Well, they either need to get Zion Williamson or they need the player they draft this year to blossom into a superstar. They need Markinen and Carter to be the best version of themselves, which I think is probably top 30 in the league type players. So if they yeah. hit the jackpot in this draft and have two other top 30 guys and Levine's maybe a top 60 guy, I don't know, because RPM stuff is so bad, but he did make some improvements. All signs of life. He's an all-offense player. Uh that's how I think they can become a title contender. But mostly it would be getting Zion. Zion is as good as I think he is. He's just totally awesome. And uh, he stays healthy. So. Yeah. Yeah, I really, yeah. Or they, like I said, we talked about trading, possibly trading for a star. Maybe somebody comes available on the market. 
like I said, well, they're probably not going to get Anthony Davis, but maybe somebody else in the next couple of years. Uh, maybe they trade for somebody, a legit star, and they with the whatever they have left over, they with that player, they develop their young guys with a stud player. Maybe that they go that route as well. But in general, I agree with you. I feel like a lot of the developments can have to come with from within and through the draft. Uh, they'll need a point guard, whether that's John Morant, whether that's somebody, whether that's Zion Williamson, whether it's somebody else in the future. I feel like they definitely need somebody that still need that main initiator on offense. Like while Levine has been good, I feel like as the number one on a title team, I don't really see it. So they probably need a, somebody at least better than him. He can be a secondary guy, like the second offensive guy, I feel like in terms of uh, the ball handler. But number one on a title team, I'm just not sure about that. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Did you want to yeah, go through any of the other questions? This is from guy, Mouse, who says, someone posted today about the time singer Bruce Hornsby and probably beat a young Allen Iverson one-on-one in hoops. <laughs> what singer would you love to find out secretly beat Markinen in a game? Uh, I'm going to say Yannick Noah. France's biggest oh pop star, God. Yannick Noah. Yeah, I got I got nothing for you on that one. So what, what, read, read that question. Basically, what singer to beat – Larry Markin. Uh, my boy Dan Hinkle, who is one of the best reporters in the city of Chicago, he covers crime and the police for the Chicago Tribune. He asked, "Are the Bulls good?" Uh, no, no, I saw that one. They're not good. <laughs> no. So my boy Don asked, "Are the Bulls going to address the reason why they are playing with RGD Akinos money, and more importantly, even with his scummy as that is, do you think it's a smart business move?" Uh, yeah, it's probably a smart business move, but they also have, uh, no, I think it's scummy because I mean, obviously there's tons of moves. Like I've, I've really come, come lately. Like, like there's tons of moves. Like when you talk about team friendly contracts and like, I mean, sure. Yeah. All this stuff is great business moves, but I've like turned into really like pro player, like pro guys get their money. Like, obviously I also rip, like if there's a bad contract out there and you get, I mean, like Joe Kim Noah's contract was awful when the Knicks gave it to him. But I'm really super happy that Joe Kim Noah got his money. And I feel like that's what, like the outlook I've been taking on some of the stuff. Like, yeah, like teams can do smart stuff like business-wise. And there's so like some like natural stuff where like maybe you don't want to go throw a ton of money out at a player, especially in a salary cap league. I feel like with baseball, it's, it's way worse with the stuff that's been going on in baseball. But yeah, I mean, if you're like – if you're like – intentionally keeping a guy down like a few million dollars in a situation like this. So yeah. I mean, I think it's, it might be to quote unquote, like a better business move, but it's also just kind of fucking scummy. Like, is it really affect your team that much where like, you really have to do it? Probably not. So like, yeah. All right. Uh, we made it 57 minutes, Jason, when we were said we were going to go for 30. So yeah, no, we always just find a way to keep rambling about stuff. Before we do go though, I do, I do want to bring this up from tonight's game. Did you see the highlight of Cristiano yeah. Felicio? Yes. Uh, so, running away, running off the bench while a play was happening because apparently he was asking about, I think the Wizards fouls. Very end of the game, Bulls were up one, trying to stop the Wizards, and there's a great shot, uh, just highlight of you see Boylan like trying to call out plays, and Felicio comes sprinting in past Boylan to try to get him to play defense. The Wizards inbound the ball like right under the basket, and they get fouled, end up making the free throws. The Bulls obviously won with Walter Lemon Jr.'s free throws. Like the Bulls almost lost the game. Cristiano Felicio, the fifth fifth player, was sprinting in from the bench because he didn't realize. Like he was, he was like asking a question. Like how absurd is that? That's like the perfect just like summation of Cristiano Felicio's career. Our guy, Big Chris. We were big Chris, big big Chris fans around here, and it just hasn't worked out for him very well. Nope. And now I never need to hear the name Felicio or see Felicio play ever again. That's just kind of where I'm at with him at this point. 
I don't, I don't know if he's going anywhere. I mean, he still had two, uh, two, three years left, two years left on his deal at whatever, like $8 million a year. Like, I can't imagine that's going anywhere. But n- never say never, I guess. Maybe they'll take a find a rube to take him on. Poor guy. Like, was such a seems like such a nice guy and uh, just hasn't worked out. Sad. Well, Jason, this has been Cash Consideration. Yeah, next uh, next time I think we're going to pod will probably be the end of the bowl season. Uh, so that'll be exciting. We'll actually get start to talk about the offseason, which will be a lot. We, we obviously talked about a bit about it today, but like getting into the offseason, getting into the summer as the playoffs come around. Bulls, obviously not playoff teams. But looking ahead to the draft more, and this offseason will be a lot of fun. I believe we'll probably be – we might be doing some, some pods talking about the playoffs as well and the teams actually in the playoffs, which would be fun. But – yeah, next time up, uh, the bowl season will probably be over. Thank God, it's it's been a it's been quite the ride and mostly mostly terrible. We'll wrap. We'll do a season wrap up when it's over. Will probably be our next pod. Well, I'm going that will be this week. Oh yeah, there you go. That'll be awesome. I mean, I guess the it is kind of a I guess I don't want to say downer final four, but I guess it's not totally. Well, it could have been a lot more exciting. Like Duke and Zaga would have been way better yeah, than totally. I know, like, text, like Jared Culver is a great story, possible future bull. Uh, that's great. But, like, I feel like Michigan State – it's Michigan State, Texas Tech, right, on that bra- side of the bracket. Yep. Right? Yeah, so, like, I mean, Duke and Zaga would have been just so much better in terms of star total star power there. Uh, and then the other side is, what, Virginia and – Auburn. LS- no, Auburn. That's right, Bruce Pearl. Fuck Bruce Pearl. Like, and as an Illinois fan, I'd, like, conditioned to hate Bruce Pearl. I mean, good for them, but – yeah, I mean, it could have been. I mean, you, Kentucky lost, Duke lost, Gonzaga lost. I feel like that's not really the final four many were hoping for in terms of the star power. But going to the final four will still be awesome. Said so maybe ask Jared Culver about uh, being on the Bulls in the future. Yeah, so I'm doing that, and then I'm actually going to Vegas the next week. Nice. It'll finally be in my off season, and then a couple weeks after that, I'm going to LA. So I don't know. I guess we'll still make time to do this podcast, but we're gonna have to figure it out because I thankfully. I'm going to be done with March Madness. And- nice. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll actually next week and I will, I'll, I will not be in Vegas, but I'm going to Louisville for a bachelor party. So I guess we'll both be gone next week and we'll, we'll, we'll try to definitely get in this, get a pot in before we go if, if we possibly can, but right. uh, just yet yeah, to wrap up the full season. Okay. Well, for Jason. Yeah. Besides that, I think that's, yeah, I think that's, uh that's all for today. Uh, shout out as always to blue wire pods. Uh, we're going to be ramping up playoff coverage coming up here pretty soon. Like I said, I think we're going to try to do, try to get in some playoff takes for ourselves, even though the Bulls aren't in it. So that should be fun. Uh, so go fire and go follow Blue Wire Pods at Blue Wire Pods. Go check out those Harry's, Harry's Razors. That sweet deal. Sounds great. Uh, but that's all from us today. So from Jason and Ricky, Cash Considerations of Chicago Bulls Podcast. Take it easy, guys.